0: How are you doing this morning? Good morning on this Friday, April 12th, 2019. Look back over the lessons uh, that the Lord had been teaching me. uh, He has proclaimed to many others back on April the... Oh, almost uh, too long. Almost a couple years ago now, back on April the 14th, 2017. He uh, laid upon my heart a message out of Second Timothy, which if we truly look and sit back and let the Lord show us and look around, um, we will see that coming to pass now. This is right in the context of, this is the last letter that God had Paul, the apostle Paul write to, um, minister, uh, elder, pastor Timothy, um, for him in his churches, you know, saying he was trying to do my to preach the word, be ready in season now season to repel, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. The lesson that he was showing me was in verses three and four of uh, second timothy chapter four for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching i'm going to read this for the ESV, 'cause because there's many out there that are still growing in the lord or new believers that the enemy is trying to steal away uh, the seed which is the word of god anybody else ever tells you the seed is uh, planting money in a ministry or an organization uh get up out of your seat or if you're standing Turn around and run out the door because more likely God did not put you there, unless He put you there to be a light. But don't stay very long. We we cannot and will not, um, to remain under false teaching for very long. A lot many times God will, matter of fact, most every time God will send us into those very dark places where He is not, so that we may decrease and His Spirit will go up and. Convict the leaders on down to saying repent right now. You are you already don't have my light, but you're using my name for personal gain. But eventually, he, you know, he does remove us from those locations if they don't repent. And most of them, unfortunately, do not at this time. Sometimes they have to be taken. They have to lose everything before. For the time has come when people will not endure sound teaching. But having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. Notice it doesn't say to glorify God, to glorify the name of Jesus Christ. And will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. Do you know one of the biggest myths in this country? That a religious doctrine created is Santa Claus. God is not a Santa Claus. God gives us what he knows we need. Um, When it says he gives us the desires of our heart in that psalm, I believe it's Psalm 34, I believe. Read the verse before that. Don't let Satan just pull that verse out separately, which he's good at twisting it. It's when we fully desire to know the Lord and know his will. Then he'll give us more of that. God knows that these temporary bodies, bodies need a shelter. He knows we, you know, we can't walk around naked and nude. I do thank you for that. I do, for my fat body out there, I do thank you for that. For some of those that would rather walk around looking like sluts or whores, uh, exposing that. Some of them don't need to be walking around like that because they're, <laughs> If somebody tries to say judging on that, judge us righteously. We're not to walk around naked or exposing any part of our fleshy bodies. It's public. That's between God, God, and, God and them who do those things, and if they're married, between the husband and behind the door of a bedroom. Well, unless there's no kids in the house. We ain't going down that line. At least not now. But when it says, one of the verses, itching, the strong concordance says, means desires of hearing something pleasant or tickle. It's not to say that the word of God is not pleasant, because it is. It's pleasant, pleasing to those that are doing righteousness, to his righteousness, going according to the desire to obey him above all else. Um It does not give desires to appeal to the flesh. God's word does not appeal to a fleshly nature. Jesus is the only one because he was fully God and fully man, fully human that could have had the fleshly body stripped off him with the cat and nine tails um, and with the whippings and with the um, uh, even now it's just like they still want to praise him out there for what he did for me, what the punishment he took that is rightfully mine and yours. Woo! Praise the Lord. Um, uh, another one with itching. Another verse, uh, that can relate, related to this was, is over in John 16, when Jesus knows he was getting ready to, uh, prepare and, you know, go to the cross. The grave, and then the uh, resurrection on the third day, and then return back to the throne. This is um, the context that very few preachers will correctly and properly preach out again. Is John 16:7 through 16. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. Everything Jesus spoke was 100% the truth. Didn't hold nothing back. Let me ask a little side question here to fellow ministers, and we are all fellow ministers. You know, we may not be, not all of us are called to be an elder and a pastor, um, and God's churches, appointed churches, but we are all ministers of the gospel. Anybody tells you anything different, they're not standing behind the word of God. That's another time God may be saying, flee! Get out of there! Flee the appearance of evil. Um, you listen to somebody that's listening to the devil. Or he may stay say, Okay, stay around one more three more weeks or one more year or six months, I'm not even gonna give it time because neither one of us is God. Um To your advantage is that I go away for if I do not go away the helper he's talking to the Holy Spirit. He's not necessarily saying, We'll send you wife, I'm gonna send you husband. No. First of all, husband's not a helper to the wife, it's the other way around. Read Genesis will not come to you but if i go i will send him send him to you and when he comes he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment let me stop there for a second kind of unpack that one a little bit let's take a look at that all believers are sealed by the holy spirit ephesians chapter one um. Oh, that was going on a fleshly memory. That's extremely tired and under heavy attacks, and the attacks are going at my folks out there. Satan's trying to get at me through them. I uh, guess what Satan's defeated. He was defeated on the cross, in the grave, and then the resurrection, and then back at the ascension. And I'm sure he cursed. But um, the Holy Spirit is sealed at every genuine believer. He's in you every time we get up and uh, throughout the night we're we'll we're, we're supposed to be as we're spending time in the word studying the word of God and praying, which is two parts listening one parts. that's fear science and uh your science uh freaks i mean your science uh yeah uh, people that enjoy science uh, and chemistry out there just like water is h two o um Ooh, I'm not sure where that came from, actually, but that's kind of cool. Um, so if the Holy Spirit is genuine in you and you're not grieving him, you're not keep trying to keep him down, you're not trying to keep him silent. This is what he is doing through you. And this is and remember, the Holy Spirit is part of God. One God. One true and living God manifests themselves just through see representations through the Son, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Sometimes I forget to put it keep it in that order. Um, but there are one. They don't say three separate messages. They all say one. If the Holy Spirit is in you, this is what he's doing. When if you have a boss or if you have workers that are not yet right with God, he's convicting them of sin. Enough righteousness, enough judgment now to unpack it here. It's verse 10 concerning righteousness because Jesus, he says, I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. says, Jesus now is no longer upon, physically upon this earth. He's working now in and through us. Not in a church organization. Now could be. But actually he's not even working in a church or a religious or a parachurch organization. He's working through those that are there that he placed there at that point the real true church of Jesus Christ is not a physical building every single building we're looking at now every house that we throw so much of God's money towards will all be crashed anybody that denies that try studying rightly the Old Testament prophets and the book of Revelation Actually, Revelation 1 would lead point back in many cases that it referred to an Old Testament prophet. Study eschatology properly, which is the study of end times and whatnot. Then your eyes will be open. Even Jesus said in Matthew, I'll tell you that every building, the, the temple will be torn down. Now, that physical temple was torn down by the world leaders over the Roman Empire. At that time, approximately 70 A.D., you know, according to church history. Um, which we are not, by the way, to hold uh, umbrage to, um, exuberance to church history. We're to listen to the word of God. It's those rightly dividing the word of God and rightly unpacking the word of God that's doing it. Uh where do I leave off concerning judgment verse 11 because the ruler of this world a judge the ruler of this world now is satan He's been temporarily given domain. He's you know another another scripture as refers to satan is the prince of this world It's only temporary But he still has to go to the throne of God like we go to the throne of God He's given permission just for a little while longer <coughs> But when he comes down and reigns through his manifested person who is Antichrist, which is not Jesus Christ, uh, will rule for that period of seven years. Actually, more three and a half, actually. Uh, but for the most part, during a seven-year period. Whether it be a actual seven years, the Bible says so. I kind of believe it. I don't know. Only God knows that. There's a lot of figurative and a lot of um, realism, but it's the word of God. The word of God is true. We lie on it. Um, has been judged, which it did. As soon as Jesus rolls up from the grave, that's it. Satan's done. You know he's defeated. He can't do nothing without God getting God's permission to say, what well, but he will never." He's never been given permission to take us out, to tempt us. But through that temptation, Jesus is sitting there saying, "Hello, I'm the way." You're gonna listen to the tempter, or you're gonna listen to me. God don't force us, but God gives us the choices. But He says, "I'm the right way. I'm the narrow. My path is the narrow path. My strength is keeping you on it." When we see the temptation, it just grows in. It becomes sin. If it, if that sin is allowed to take root, it now Jesus, we got several points. Jesus can still you. Dig out that sin. If we, if we say, it's clear, okay, screwed up. I had sex. I allowed myself to stumble. I took the temptation. I had sex outside of marriage. I had, uh, it resulted in a child outside of marriage. Look at King David for that one. He repented of it. I'm not saying you're gonna lose that baby out there by all means, but we'll repent. God can turn around. All these households that don't have a husband uh and a father in those households, don't bled, don't necessarily it's not all the father's fault. Those that say things like that, that's somebody speaking on behalf of Satan. It's not on behalf of God. Now yes, there are times with us men. We we're we're not solely not guilty. <laughs> We've also made a choice of saying Received that we received it because our flesh their nation the were enticed. These are what Second Timothy is doing. That's another conviction in there. The same we're enticing by the flesh. For a believer, every time ty- an unbeliever don't have um, the spirit of God convicted him, saying, uh, hello, you're being tempted by the flesh. Jesus said, I'm right here. My spirit's right there calling you out as this is the way you have to take it the door is open jesus saying walk out of it said you know what the word of god says this that's fornication that's hatred that's division i know that's not of god okay i'm going jesus way that's it. The more we do that, the stronger we grow in the faith of Jesus Christ. The more we do that, does that mean we're not going to be tempted? Any pastor out there, a preacher, a minister, even a pastor who been preaching for a hundred years, I commend you on that one. Never, I don't believe there's one in existence except Moses in the Old Testament uh, and others. Uh, but there could be. There could be some other there. I doubt it though. Uh, retirement's not even in there either. So that's an Old Testament teaching that's been misapplied, but that's, I think that lesson's coming, actually, because I've recently heard that, uh, anyways, so he's not, get, if you're not hearing that conviction, you're not hearing that choices. first, go to God, ask him, God, am I right with you, if your spirit spirit rating me, have I received, went the way of the temptation so many times, like David went five times, he kept, you know, four or five times, I think it was five, uh, well, we don't know how many times I've done it. We receive it and it becomes sin. God can remove that sin in a heartbeat. He'll cut us out. He'll restore us right there. You know, But it's got to stop. The more we, If we don't receive it, we don't repent. It's saying, God, I'm stupid. That was a temptation that happened long ago. Um, I received it and it became sin. Remove it. Don't let it take root. God can get the root out of us easily. He'll speak it. That's all he has to do. If we get a um, cancer inside of us, it takes a knife to do it. That's Hebrews uh, four. That's written down there too, actually. Hebrews four twelve. That is the uh, the word of God. That's the knife that can remove it. God just speaks it, and because the word of God is Jesus Himself, John one one. I was gonna do this We get many opportunities to repent and get rid of it before it becomes death. Once it becomes death, once that sin takes root and uh, and we haven't gone again and remove it, it's become death. But a believer, a genuine believer, it's not going to go that far. God's going to get our attention. Oh, yes, he will. Um, another brother of mine, uh, one of my brothers in Christ, we used to refer to him with bricks after his. It's like when God sometimes uses uh, sludge chambers to get our attention. Another brother of mine. Uh, yeah. Because we're so hard-headed. Sometimes no longer hard-hearted. Because God gave us a new heart. A desire to want to do what's right in his eyes. And it doesn't mean we do it every time either. Uh. Somebody's getting a break on this one actually. Verse 12. Verse 12. I still have many things to tell And this goes along. You still have many things to tell you. But at this point. The disciples in us. Um before we we before we turn to complete Jesus now they already believed Jesus was Messiah, they knew it. you know God already given that revelation to Peter and to the others uh, so they knew Jesus there's nowhere else we can go once you know Jesus is the only way there's there's no one else to go to there's no one else to go. God has softened our heart, we've heard the gospel, He is allowed to hear the gospel, and the gospel does not only need to be preached. it should be preached. Praise God, I'm in a church, a in a passionate preaching church. However, the gospel was not always preached. It's gotta be preached outside the church, in the workplace, in the marketplace, well, overall marketplace, in the supermarkets, the grocery markets, and the Walmarts. I ain't that bold yet. I'm getting it, but I ain't that bold yet. In the emergency rooms. Why did I just bring up that memory? <laughs> When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide us, guide you. He's God. Jesus is speaking to his disciples, but he's speaking to me and you today. And all truth, his truth is the word of God. He's not going to speak contrary to them. The teachers that in Second Timothy here in 3 and 4, they're not going to speak like that. They're going to mix the word of God with the worldly stuff instead of letting God apply his word to your life. It starts with the Word of God, which means it starts with Jesus Christ. They're not going to teach. They're going to say, well, Paul said this, or Peter said that, or Timothy said that. Well, Timothy wasn't. Um, or Moses said this. A uh, I I teacher right with God is not going to practice saying that. Now, we may say that, you know, just say, well, Paul wrote this. I says, no, he wrote it down. A lot of times he may not have wrote it down. A lot of times he dictated it as God spoke it. Um, but God was speaking it to him to say, write it down like this. This is what I want you to write. And he did. He obeyed because he became. He learned obedience. He learned how to obey God above all. Else. We obey God before we obey uh, man. And I mean man, that's humanity. Before we obey our leaders. What do we see today? ...what these ministers are doing... ...and these were... ...when it says teachers... ...they're referring to... ...pastors for the most part... Uh, ...because that's what it is... ...because these are people who accumulate themselves... ...teachers to suit their needs... ...in this case... ...to suit their own passions... ...I mean on these two... ...when it's referring to this one... ...yeah, it is Bible teachers... ...it is pastors... ...it is elders... Um, ...these are false teachers... False pastors, when they've gone there, these are not sound biblical teachers that appeal to the flesh. Jesus Christ has never appealed to the flesh. He knows our needs. He provided the foods. And I still don't know how he did it. When you got a turning away, and it says the apostate, when people turn to teachers like this, It's like you turn back, you turned away from Jesus Christ. You turned towards the flesh. You went back. It's like the Hebrews. How many times have forty years back in uh Exodus? Um, starting like verses fifteen. The first um Attacked the first time they were struggling with doing what was right to obey God, to following God's appointed leader, <laughs> Moses, and then Aaron under him. Uh, Mir- uh, Miriam assisted for a while as a prophetess. Um Aaron was the priest. Moses was the, the representation of God. You know, that was only as a shadow of it. God is, God the Father is was- leading us, he owns us, we're his, now, I'm talking to believers, and Jesus Christ is his vessel, his represent, his manifested, fleshy vessel, who we know was on this earth for three or three years, leads you to us to believe in, and the spirit of God, it worked through them. To lead them through it. How many times did that generation there want to go back? It says, well, well, where's the food? God delivered them from Pharaoh, delivered them from that spirit of Egypt, delivered them from the land of their upbringing, delivered Abraham from that land. He provided for them, he longs to take one step at a time. That God never gave to anybody in Scripture. The long-term plan. Except for this is where you're heading. You're gonna be in heaven with me now. You follow me, step by step. We don't jump in a vehicle and go forward a hundred miles an hour to get to ahead to get where we're running, going fast. Out there, one step, one moment at a time. Actually, that's not a step. That's a drive. Even a vehicle, whether it's a car or a truck, moves little by little. I don't know what you call them. You call them steps? I don't know. You figure it out. Uh, they can't go from point A to point B by whoop, pick it up and go over. No, that's the Jetsons. Okay, I'm old. <laughs> I'll tell you, I remember that cartoon growing up. Kind of stupid, actually, but that's beside the point. When I look back now with eyes opened and ears open. So it's just like, well, it's just like fun. But what are they doing now? They're Tyson it. Then you get others that are saying, the application today, kind of bringing this into uh, fruition here, that um, we are to trust organizations, whether it be corporations or organizations approved by God. It says, You can only be a church if you fill out and pay this fee to the government. That is not a church of Jesus Christ. Nowhere in Acts have you seen that when God started building his church from Matthew 16 based on that Jesus is the Christ. He's the Messiah. He's the anointed one of God, you know, for the Jews and for the Gentiles. At that point, he, he went from, okay, I'm not just going to the Jews now. Now it's time to start grafting in the rest of my creation. That's what the New Testament is. That's what Jesus Christ is telling us. Okay, I got two now. Israel is still the firstborn. The Jews are still the firstborn. We pray for them as we do one another. Well, wow. should be praying. Hopefully pray. Galatians one 1.1 is just like the call of any pastor that you're not called by your particular church organization. You're called by God himself. How many church committees out there look at resumes and say, well, okay, well, if he wasn't a pastor before, God must not be calling him. That ain't even a scripture. That's using the fleshly education, the fleshly needs. That was written here, so for some reason. That's another one of these teachers. The teacher probably looking. at, oh, well, you must have got, you got an education. I'm not um, discrediting education at all. When we look at study the, study the word to show themselves approved that means studying the word of god if you go to a seminary if you go to a college education you spend more time hearing a teacher or preacher or ministers um and i'm not saying they're not there either i'm not saying they're not called by god i don't want to apply that but most of them are not you look at the curriculum if it's probably i'm going to be very highly conservative Say uh not or ultra bold and say if you see ninety percent written all based on human opinions instead of the word of God, especially if you're going to a seminary. Pastors and ministers, if you're out there and you went to a seminary, look go back and look at some of your textbooks, look at some of your notes. If it was all saying, trusting, that person that spoke to you from that podium instead of Word of God. This should be rough. Every curriculum, every teaching should be full with the Word of God. The evidences should be Word of God. That's all we need to do ministry. The power of the Holy Spirit, God Himself, and the Word of God. We can be examples for those that are not yet believers to show how God's in control of everything to show them this is how the world's way is wrong, this is how my way is right. This is how I intended to set up this world. This is how it went astray. This is how that Romans three twenty three says, We've all fallen short of the glory of God. I'm gonna confirm that. Make sure. That quote, because it's obviously so many verses we can't trust on ours. Yeah, the righteousness is the God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. There's no distinction. Oh, yeah, 23. For all, sorry, I read 22 first. I guess that was purpose. For all sin to fall short of the glory of God. When we try to use just man's wisdom, that's what happens. When we try to, so, if you got a seminary out there the same well, I know what I'm doing, I'm anointed by God. That's, that do mean to give all your words. The Apostle Paul, who was a teacher, pastor, elder, and Timothy, you know, he was told, and I'm sure he did it, for the majority of his life, Abraham, the only thing they did was give the word of God. Moses was inspired by God to write all five books, the first five, all five, the first five books of the Torah for the Jews, uh, understanding, which is Genesis, Exodus, okay, it's killing me, it's a test, uh, Numbers, Leviticus, I think it's in the wrong order, uh, and Deuteronomy. Moses wasn't around in the garden. But God gave him that wisdom and understanding to write it off. That must have took a little time to write all that down, too. Uh, he must have had a secretary to assist him so he didn't get writer's cramp. Okay, that was humorous. Uh, one meant to be sarcastic. But again, we've all fallen short. When we try and do stuff, we can't even do our jobs. We can't even breathe from God job. We can say, we'll go get a breathing machine. I said, that ain't gonna sustain it. Not for very long. You can't walk and pray from it. We can't. That's why John fifteen. We have to become reattached to to God through Jesus Christ, the person of Jesus Christ, which is what salvation is. Begins it, yeah. Which is Romans ten nine. You know, believe in our heart and confess with our mouth uh, that Jesus is Lord and Savior. Lord first. The word is Him. So again, are you listening to? Teachers, preachers that you have appointed, that uh, you want to believe, that want to tickle your flesh? Or are you still believing 100%? And I mean 100% in Jesus Christ. And trust that God's going to put over you leaders that only give you the word of God. And applicably apply it. Correctly apply it to say, this is what you have to do. Watch your tongue. Boy, well, I definitely ain't got that one right. Uh, I'm, that's definitely a stronghold on me. So it's just like, you know, I can't help anybody else get out of that one while I'm still doing it. You know, God can still use anybody that thinks God can't use <coughs> every single one of us because we've all fallen short of the glory of God, sin and fall short of the glory of God. Every one of us to go back to, um, we all have a log. And we all have logs in our eyes. We may have many of them. It's only God that can remove them. But those people that have it, that doesn't mean you can't see a brother or sister's, you know, sliver in his eyes. That just means, applicably and properly, that we can't help remove it because God's still removing that log in our eyes. Same thing somebody else, God can and has and will still use each of us to say, you I'm seeing a stronghold. I'm seeing a slave in your eye. However, I can't help you take it out until God finishes removing this log. Removing a log is a little more difficult. Nobody can do it. We can't go to a doctor. We can't go and pay a doctor to do it. The only doctor we need to get is Jehovah Rapha. Who is God Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit? Who is God Himself? When we go to Him, we spend time with Him, we sit before Him. God removed this lock from my eye. <clears throat> it's getting on my nerves. Yes, we can talk like that to God. We can talk, we He knows we're human. He created us. He formed us in the room. He gave us life from the room. Okay, that was a punch for somebody right in the eye. If we're not when we're going out, if we're standing on the word of God. Those that are not should be in righteously and rightly getting convicted in their spirit. They may not know they're getting convicted. They should feel uncomfortable by their walking in darkness. If people the moment we enter room, even if we're stupid enough not to open our mouths, now it may not be the season to open our mouth, but <clears throat> there is a, <clears throat> an opportunity. There should be an uncomfortableness the moment we as believers enter any public building, public or private. The moment we enter a room, unbelievers should be sensing a little bit of uncomfortableness around us. However, God will give us enough favor that this says there's something that's not right in my spirit, When they put, that it's now coming to mind. Their, their falling shortness, their sins before God are coming to light. And the longer we stay at location, and long we're praying for them, they're asking God to soften their hearts. To receive, to hear and receive the gospel. See, nobody wants to... You got people out there now. They're putting government leaders in there. They're voting them in. They're giving money so that the word of God can not be public. Praise God that he has those of us that are boldly proclaiming his word publicly, not listening to what man is saying. So, what teacher do you need to walk away from? What teacher are you listening to that's appealing to your flesh? What minister do you need to come out of? Ask God. Say, God, it's the time to come out of this thing. It's killing me. Take a watered down flesh base. I don't want my flesh appealed. I want it suppressed. I want his word to be lifted up. Just ask him. He's there. He loves you. He delivered you from darkness. Now let him deliver deliver darkness from you. (coughs) He delivered you from that place where you were born. Now let it take out of it. That 40 years in the um, wilderness for that first generation of Israel, of Jews. He took them out of Egypt. He pretty much had to spend the whole 40 years taking Egypt out of them. He delivered some out of the stronghold, out of the place where they live, whether it be Charlotte, North Carolina, whether it be Middle Beach, whether it be the South, whether it be the North, whether it be the Western region of the U.S. or the Midwest. He delivered out of doctrine, denominational doctrines, but then the sanctification process is God removing those strongholds out of our lives. For those that were born in the south and only hold to uh, the southern denomination, <clears throat> which is so stupid to even say stuff like that, uh, or even think stuff like that, rather. But he'll spend once he gets us into his body. Once we believe in Jesus Christ, what he did, then the sanctification process—he'll remove the cancers out of us. he remove remove—he'll remove that southern. Are bringing and re- replace it with Himself each and every day. When He removes us out of a unsound doctrine, then He'll He'll slowly, at His pace, remove us out of it. He can't change us. Uh, well, He can, but He won't change us all at once. Like He went to the cross, because only He can endure that. That will kill us more quicker and won't make us more like Him. The sanctification process is the removing of that. So if God removed you from a certain area, why did you go back? Why did you think to go back to that place? <clears throat> That's it. Prayer time for me. So God's speaking to somebody here. He took you out of that area. What is your Egypt? He took you out of Egypt. And now he's in the process of transforming you as Romans twelve one and 12.2 says. To take Egypt out of you. I'm using Egypt. He took some. Out of Charlotte. Saved them. Took them out of Charlotte, North Carolina. Some of you young people out there. That I love dearly. That have become children. In Christ Jesus. I still weep. I still get led to weep occasionally. For you all. You still get led to diligently pray for each and every one of you. Now let God. Let go of that shout-like atmosphere and let God remove what he needs to remove from you. Release it. Take your hands off of it. Man, that's a brick for me, too. Uh, let's convict you. Let him do it. He loves you. Watch what he does with you from that point. Love y'all. Thank you.